If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is presented by Mountain Tough and Yeti. I partnered with Mountain Tough because a lot of the tactics and hunt styles I talk about in this podcast require you to be in the best physical shape you can. Their app is designed for hunters to get you ready for the backcountry or any hunt you have planned this fall. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine, and they make some of the toughest products out there that are built to last and they're built for the wild. Welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast, everyone, and Happy New Year. As we start 2023, I'm already really thinking of this upcoming hunting season. And a lot of the success that I might have looking back at the year from the end of the year is really going to depend on how I play my cards and the tags I'm able to secure. As a fairly versed Western big game hunter, the name of the game is obtaining a tag. And in all honesty, that landscape has dramatically changed in the last five years, especially the last two or three years. Hunts that may have provided an easy-to-get tag or a really easy opportunity that you could do every year might now be every three-plus years, and that's if you're lucky. Tags are getting a lot harder to get, so if you don't play the game, you don't get to reap the benefits. This week, we're going to do an overview of application season and what I'm calling 23 ways to win the tag game. We're going to break down some things to think about and look for when you're finding your hunts. Then I'm going to finish it up by answering a few of the most often asked questions that I get. They generally start with, where's the best place to hunt? And then just fill in the blank from there. And while I like to refuse to blow up spots, I am going to dive into what I look for when I'm finding a species-specific hunt. But before we do that, let's just take a quick look at how the landscape of obtaining tags has changed over the last few years and why understanding how to hunt for a tag is more important than it's ever been. While I'm recording this podcast fairly late at night, I just finished packing up the truck and I'm headed out to go swan hunting with a buddy of mine. Now, this is a a tag that in the state of Nevada, we used to be able to get these tags pretty much over the counter. You could buy them throughout the entire season. You could get up to two and you could always go in. Like if if you got one, you could go back in and get another. This year, a lot of my friends and family didn't draw these tags. And this is a swan tag. This is like something that, you know, we kind of always just thought of as just like a tag that you would get because you're going out duck or goose hunting. It's not a big game tag. It's not a deer tag. It's not even that. uh, I would never have thought of it as a highly coveted tag. And yet even tags like that are getting hard to get. And the reason is maybe it's more hunters, but it could just be more opportunity, more knowledge of the tags around. I kind of want to just take a minute here to kind of explain the landscape of where things were and now kind of where they're going. Just kind of a talk about the good old days, which in many cases were two or three years ago, maybe five years ago. I I remember the state of Idaho is a place that I really enjoy hunting. I could go there. You could pretty much pick up a tag, especially during the archery season. You could pretty much buy a tag the day before you went out over-the-counter for elk and deer. The deer tag you can hunt in any unit statewide. The elk tags are the same as they are now, just blocks of units. And you could buy a tag up until pretty much the opener. I I don't know if I even remember. I just can't even think of a time where they'd sold out before at least archery season, maybe by rifle season. Some of the elk tags and stuff would sell out, but like you could pick up a deer tag at any point. And then you could go out and hunt. And if you harvested an elk, you could go back and buy a second tag at the non-resident price of whatever non-resident paid. And they always had second tags available. You could buy two elk and two deer tags over the counter while you're hunting. And this was not 50 years ago. This was five years ago six years ago. Now, 
by the time December 1st rolls around, when the over-the-counter tags go on, it's essentially a lottery. Many people this year were locked out because, I don't know, a glitch in the system. Uh, you played the game right, and you're just unable to obtain a tag because you became number 25,000. And by the end of the day, the tags were sold, and that was it. You know, that that's kind of the landscape that things are looking like now when you think about a state like Montana where it was – always a draw but for the most part for the last at least 10 years has been a hundred percent draw for those that applied for the most part and i mean up until very recently it was a hundred percent draw for the general elk and deer tag so you could you could go to these places every year and predictably go on a hunt now you know montana's looking like it might be in every other year or every third year type hunt wyoming there's a place that I would apply for really good mule deer area, general unit for residents, but for non-residents, you could hunt it two points, three preference points. As it started to grow now, we're looking at nine or 10 points to even get in the draw. It's just substantially different than what it used to be. Now it's kind of like, well, why is this? And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, in some ways, you know, people could point to this podcast and say, this is a contributor of it, right? But the real answer is there's a lot more information out there. And it's not just one person. There's a lot more technology that leads to that information. There's mapping apps where you can go and see exactly where you are. There's on the internet, right? I remember when I first started, you know, my tag application strategy started when I was a teenager. And I, I grew up in the state of Nevada where, Everything was a draw. And there was people that lived in the state as residents and they could hunt deer every three or four years. And to me, that just wasn't acceptable. I wanted to hunt as much as possible and I wanted to have a deer or whatever tag. You know, in the state of Nevada, it's got some of the, what I would consider the best elk hunting in the West. But you're drawing those tags as a resident maybe every 10 years or more. So, you know, to, to go on one elk hunt in your lifetime. I just, I didn't like that idea. So I started looking for tags in other places where I could just go hunting every year. And, and then I started looking at, you know, as I was doing that, you're reading regulations, like, oh, here's a draw unit. Well, I'm applying here. I might as well apply somewhere else. And I started building points at a fairly young age. And this was before a lot of information was out. There wasn't a lot of services that provided tag applications. It's become a really big business over the last decade, even longer, but you know, that, that wasn't a thing. And so I started building points in a lot of these places and many of the places I didn't know. And, and over the years, I've sometimes I was just say, hey, I'm just going to gain points. So later on down the road, I might be able to draw a tag. So if you're thinking about this and going like, well, now I'm just getting into this. I'm brand new at this is it too late for me? And the answer is no, because while it sounds kind of bad, there is definitely a bright side because there is more readily available information. And there's also a lot better technology that allows you to utilize those tags in a way where you're probably going to find more success than you might have 15 years ago. And, and of course, that's very subjective, but the, the amount of information that's out there and knowing about these opportunities is a good thing. But also, there's still opportunities to be had, okay? It's not the end of these things, but you just have to be aware of what's going on and kind of build out a certain strategy. There's a way to play the game, and I'm still very successful pulling tags, hunting every year in a different place or in the same place, and just by knowing a few of the little tricks. So we're going to jump into this, this way that I broke it down in, in 23 ways to win the tag game. Number one is create a strategy. And I think this is the most important step and it encompasses a lot of the other things that we're going to talk about. But you have to create a strategy and you have to first say, where am I starting out at? Now, I mentioned that I've been playing this application game forever, right? Well, maybe the tags that I'm looking for are of a certain caliber because I've waited a long time and I'm, and I'm looking for a specific tag that I still, with no matter how many points I have, may never draw. But if you're just starting out, this is your first year applying, you're going to look at it a little bit different. You're going to say, what are the hunts that I can get into now? 
the game that we're playing right now is just obtaining a tag to be able to go hunting. If I was talking to you 10 years ago, I'd say we're going to look for the best tags with the best opportunity at mature animals. And yeah, these might be maybe once in a lifetime tags, but you have a reasonable opportunity to draw these and you still do. You still have the ability to draw tags. I've told this story recently many times, but there's a certain tag that I've been applying for in Utah. And I have, I think I have 21 points. It happens to be in a, in a unit that only has one non-resident tag. So there's no preference point there. So it's just a random, essentially a random draw. I guess I have more chance than another person. But a buddy of mine who's put in for four years drew the tag that I've been putting in for for 21 years. Right, So there's that opportunity that people can get lucky and draw a tag. But I think that the way that I'm looking at this right now and the way that I think you should look at it is you have to build out your plan or create your strategy based on where you're starting from and kind of really laying down what are my goals. And then we can start to build out that strategy of saying, okay, here's the categories of tags that are available, over-the-counter tags. And these are options that you or we're going to call what I'm calling over the counter tags. They aren't even really that over the counter anymore, but they're general units, tags that are the easiest to obtain. And, and these might even be some draw tags, but we're just going to kind of lump them into this over the counter category where you might be able to pick them up in a leftover permit. You might be able to pick them up on a certain day by logging in. You might be able to just rock up to a sporting goods shop and buy these tags. And then we've got our bonus point tags. These are ones where you're applying in this application process and everybody that applies has a chance at drawing that tag. But the people with more points uh, have a bonus of better odds of drawing because they get more chances in the draw. Okay. And then there's states that have preference tags, which a true preference system, which is starting to go away, is the people with the most preference points are the ones that are given the tag. So if I have 10 points and I've got the highest amount of points, I automatically get a tag. And then they'll look at all the people with nine points until it gets to a point where there's more people than tags in that. And then they have a draw with those people and those tags are allocated. And now a lot of states are doing is because of what's called point creep, where it's there's so many people applying now with so many points that every year you can't really expect to know exactly how many points you have. Now, the way that I look at all these different types of tags is I try to build out my strategy of saying, okay, my goal is to obtain a tag and there might be certain tags that I want that have a better quality, maybe fewer hunters, higher trophy quality, higher age class, higher whatever it is. So I'm looking at those hunts, but I'm also just looking at now with it being so difficult to get just tag in general. Okay. How can I utilize these systems to obtain a tag for a hunt that I want to go on? Because I think that the best hunt is one that you're actually in the field for. You could wait for a tag for 100 years and never receive it. Or you could go out and find a tag somewhere and be out hunting every year. And the guy that's hunting every year is going to, one, learn a lot more. Two, in the long run, be more successful. And three, you know, you never know where that good opportunity might arise. The best bull, I've, I've drawn some great limited entry elk tags. The biggest bull I've ever killed has been in one of the easier units I've ever draw, you know, applied for statistically. Not that that happens all the time, but I was out hunting and I had that opportunity to shoot the best bull in my life. Now, I could draw a really good tag in, who knows, Utah, Montana, Nevada next year and maybe find a bigger bull. But if you're out hunting, you have an opportunity. So what we're doing is we're creating a strategy and really looking at where are we starting from and then what are the kinds of options out there. And then we're going to start to build our plan based on that. So here's our options. Here's the type of tags. Now we're going to start to build out our plan and, and look at all the options of, okay, which one of these systems or combination of these systems am I going to be able to get a tag? So for me, this is an example. I think of an over-the-counter tag as the tag that I can hopefully get. And that's my, in all honesty, most of my hunts are these kind of tags. And that's my first objective. Now, because these are getting more difficult to hunt or to obtain, I'm also thinking about these preference points tags and other things. So I'm trying for a tag through that over-the-counter thing. And then if I'm unable to get that, then I'm maybe applying for a draw and a preference where eh, it says I, I need 
10 points for it, but um, I've got 15. Or it says I need five points, but I've got seven. So I, I think, okay, I can almost guarantee myself that tag. So I'm looking for those tags that I can just obtain. And then I'm also kind of thinking about down the road and building out that strategy for this year. So now we're going to go to number two. And one of the things that I think a lot of people overlook is, number two, I'm saying focus on your home state. And everybody lives somewhere, right? But I think that there's been a lot of hype of going other places. And I think that there's a lot of good hunting around where people live. The grass is kind of always greener on the other side. But the easiest place to obtain a tag for you is going to be your home state as a resident. It's just how it is. Now, I, I told the story about growing up in Nevada and it being a draw and, and going other places to get tags because I wanted to hunt more often. But still, compared to other people, hunting my home state is easier for me than comparatively going out of state. So statistically, right, I'm going to play the odds in that home state. And also, you have this opportunity where you can possibly obtain a tag and you can put more time into it as prices go up. Like I'm looking at you know, when I build out my hunt schedule this year, I'm really looking at, man, the price of gas to get to some of these places. If I'm going to drive out of state on this particular hunt, the price of gas, the price of food, the price of everything's going up. I'm like, man, this is, that's an expensive endeavor as the price of tags go up. Hey, maybe I focus on something a little bit closer, but spend a little bit more time invested in making an extra scouting trip, making an extra whatever, maybe taking a little bit more time off to do that particular trip. And then I know that, okay, instead of spending that extra money in whatever, I've got a little bit more time to make good on one tag that maybe isn't even as good of a unit or as good of a hunt as you might hear of people in other places, but it's what's nearby and it's what I can focus on. And that's maybe where I'm going to have my success as I start to focus on building out this plan. So when I start building my plan and creating this strategy, I always you know, look at my home state and say, okay, what are the kind of hunts that I can do around here? And how can I optimize the opportunities that I have? Number three, we're now going to look out of state. So we're focusing on where we live, but now we're going to start to branch out. And when we start to build this hunting and create this strategy, now we're going to look for the opportunities that we don't have where we live. For a lot of people, that's, man, I'd really like to go on an elk hunt. Where can I go on an elk hunt? So we're going to just say, what's our goal? And then how long do we want to wait for this opportunity? Is this something we want to do now? Is this something we want to do five, six, seven years down the road? You know, what kind of opportunity am I looking for? Am I just looking to get out and just give it a go? Then I'm going to be thinking, okay, Let's go back to that creative strategy. I'm going to put a lot of emphasis on the easiest to obtain tag. If it's like, hey, I'm going to go and I really want a good hunting experience with few hunters in the field, high numbers of animals, and good trophy quality, then I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer. Where are the places that I can do that? What states can I do that in? And then start building out that plan of, okay, here's the places I'm going to go, and this is the goal that I have looking down the road. Number four is pretty important when it comes to this whole application season. And it's you just don't want to miss a deadline. Deadlines are the key because if you miss the deadline to apply for something that you're looking for, you've just kind of – you can't let these things sail over your head. If you've been building points in a certain state, getting a year behind or not applying in a particular year can hurt you in many ways, especially in preference point states. Paying attention to the deadlines is really important. And this year, a lot of deadlines have changed. You don't want to miss those deadlines. So one thing you want to do is just kind of look at the potential states that you can apply for, think about your plan, and really get on it early. I've fallen victim to thinking about, like, you know, I've applied in a lot of states. And there are a few that every once in a while I just forget about. I completely space. Life gets busy. And I just was like, I, I fully intended on building out this plan, but, oh, I missed the deadline for that. For the people that thought about Idaho over-the-counter tags on December 2nd, they missed out. And most of the people that thought about it December 1st and were ready still missed out, but at least they had an opportunity. This year they changed Arizona over-the-counter deer tags, and the, the ones that didn't pay attention and be there at midnight and go and do the whole deal missed out. So if you miss a deadline, you miss out. 
number five is one of the most important aspects of this. And I think that it's it goes into the research. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you're talking about a lot of stuff. There's just there's there's too many states. There's too many places. I'm from, let's just say, Minnesota, and I want to come out west and go elk hunting. Where do I go? What state do I look at? You know, we'll talk a little bit about this narrowing down your focus in a little bit. But for the most part, this is the research portion that comes in. And like I was talking about earlier, the research is a lot easier than it was five, six, seven years ago. There's applications and programs and services that really help people narrow down their focus. And I've talked about it on this podcast before. One of the ones that I use is the Go Hunt Insider. And I don't want to make this sound like an ad, but it's like it is the most beneficial tool in my opinion because the thing that I like about it is you can do your own research and kind of come to your own conclusions for your specific creating a strategy plan. And what I mean by that is like, if I'm talking about application strategy, you know, I got to talk about the tools that I use. So I'm I'm just going to log into my thing here real quick. There's a lot of different services out there, but this is just the one that I primarily use. So I'll kind of explain how this particular one works. So go on insider. I'm going to the filtering 2.0. And what I can do is I can select a species and now I can kind of pick parameters to narrow down units. So I could say trophy potential, or I can go in there and say draw odds. So maybe I'm saying it's more important when I look back at my plan to draw a tag. So I can say what, what's an area where I have 70% draws and it'll start to filter So I can do this for each state, for each species, and it helps me find a hunt based on my specific needs, my specific scenario, not just telling me this is the best unit to apply for. Now, maybe I just want to apply for, you know, there's a lot of other great services out there that tell you this is the top unit. This is the best unit. This is a good unit. This is a unit that has good draws. What I've found in the recent years is what's happening is people are reading these things and then it just creates this massive wave where everybody's going after this or they see this. So they see the really good draws and they see this. And so what I try to do is kind of look at all that information and find the thing that's not being talked about. So I really like go hunt because I can, I can filter things based on my specific needs or what I'm looking for. And then I can do a little more research into that particular hunt and say, okay, what are other people saying about this hunt? Is this a really popular hunt? Like what's the success rate on here? I can really dive into each specific hunt. That's how I find what I consider holes in the application hordes. And I've been very, very successful pulling tags in, in places and going on what I consider quality hunts because I'm out in the field of maybe ones that are just overlooked by someone else because I found parameters that matched things that I was looking for. Uh, maybe I set success rate low. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, honestly, I've done that where I just try to narrow down certain states by low success rates. Like man, these are places maybe people realize is a difficult hunt and maybe not as many people will apply for it. And then I look, oh yeah, it's actually pretty good draws. And then I think about it and like do more research in that particular unit go, okay, this is a place where I can obtain a tag. This is a place that has the things that I'm looking for. Maybe the success rate's low, but I'm out in the field and I feel like I can make good on this. And the last few years when other people have struggled to find tags, I've found tags and had a lot of success, you know, playing this game. So that's just kind of the way that I do it. But the research portion is a very important key. And I think that if I were to just go on this podcast and say, this is where you need to go, it's going to skew it in such a way that it makes it, it does the exact opposite of making it a good hunt, right? Or making it an easy to obtain tag. There is a lot of information out there. Everything's taught. It almost feels like in a world where everything's being talked about, the more of your own research you can do, I think the more you're going to find these little, we'll just call them honey holes, if if you will. So number six, something you want to consider is these over-the-counter options. And these are going to be your backups. What are the options out there as we go into what I would consider an application season of, okay, here's hunts you have to apply for. And these hunts now, let's take Montana general tag, for instance, where you go, okay, this used to be something where, You could get it every year and now it's a little bit up in the air. Well, what are maybe some options if you don't draw that where you could actually still obtain a tag 
over the counter and there's not very many of them left. Now, the thing to look for now is what are some return tag options? Uh, what are some tags where I think like the last best place for over-the-counter options, I talked about this on the call-in show last week, was California. Like you can still get over-the-counter tags for the most part in the state of California. There's a few other places where you can get, you know, pick up tags, but they're becoming more rare. So now we're looking toward return tags, which are becoming more popular because as more people play this game, they're picking up a tag real fast. So they've got something as a backup. Then they're applying for a state. They're drawing a tag and they're returning the tag that they picked up. And now someone else can now pick up that tag or somebody's applying in multiple states. They draw a tag, a state that has a good return policy on a tag will allow them to get their points back, maybe their money back. And they're returning those tags and other people can pick those up. So that's kind of the new over-the-counter game is where are these over-the-counter options or return tag options. Nevada has a good system for this online now. Arizona's always had a really good return tag policy in, as far as picking up tags that were unfilled or underserved tags. Uh, a lot of the states out there now, uh, Idaho has a, a system where it's, it's kind of like you go in as these tags are returned, a certain day they're released and you gotta be online and, and receive those tags. So there are ways to get tags you can get on in montana you can get on a list for return tags um, return tags are kind of the new over-the-counter tag in my opinion and it's something to look for number seven when it comes to this application season and as tags get more difficult to get i think that you need to have this philosophy of get a tag now and the way that you do that is as you build out your tag strategy if you can't find an over-the-counter tag or you've got points in places where you've been applying, uh, this is to the guys that have been applying for a few years and they've got a few preference points under their belt. Maybe you're talking about Wyoming or Utah or somewhere else. And you, you look up the draw odds and you go, okay, with or Colorado. And you look at it and you go, oh, looks like I can draw this tag with eight points. Every 100% of the people last year had eight points and drew it and you have eight points this year don't chase that unit because that's what's happening is the point creep maybe it's let's do it with a lower number so people don't feel it's so out of reach maybe you find a unit that says last year everybody drew it with three points you go "Ooh, i'm gonna apply for that this year and then you apply for it this year and for some reason everybody with four points drew everyone with five points drew what i like to do if i have preference points is i look for an area that is under the point cap of what i've got because it's more of a guarantee i know it seems like you're trading down but in actuality you're just guaranteeing yourself an opportunity so something to look for is where are those places that are under the points uh, that i have and i can guarantee that and that's in some ways why the point creeps happening because people are just buying down with a higher amount of points but in actuality if you just keep chasing that one and trying to get to the point level that it was last year you'll never catch up unless the area you're applying for gets a bad rap or something like that i think it's better to just guarantee that tag get in now go hunting and and the way to do that is just undershoot for preference points if you're looking at a preference point state number eight you got to have a backup plan based on dates so when we're building out our application strategy one of the things that i think about is i really analyze the dates and then I try to look for when those draw results come out. And what I like to do is pick states that stagger in a way where I can utilize a budget and I can go, okay, I'm not just applying for everything, but I am applying for certain things and knowing, look, I, I've only got time or resources to go on one hunt this year maybe one out-of-state hunt or one out-of-state hunt every few years, but I'm picking, you know, you just don't know if you're going to draw that tag this year. So like when you're sitting down and analyzing what states should I apply for, one way to pinpoint the states you should apply for are ones that where you can apply and then see your draw results before applying for the next state. And there's a few states out there where you can do that, you know, or certain species within a state where you can do that. So you can apply you can see if you you know, maybe you pick a preference point state like Nevada and you you go and you see the draw results and then you can apply for Wyoming after knowing your Nevada draw results. So you go, okay, I didn't draw there. So now you can continue to uh, with one state shoot for the moon 
And as you move down the list, gradually pick areas that are easier and easier to draw. It's a good strategy, especially if you don't, it's kind of difficult and it's expensive to apply in every state. So picking a few states and rotating them based on when the draw is and when the results are out is a great way to help secure a tag because you can kind of shoot for the moon or even just spread out your chances of drawing by picking two or three states saying okay i'm going to apply for this one and i'm going to apply for this one but at least i'll know my results so i don't end up with two tags in one year that i'm unable to hunt number nine this strategy i think is important especially as the cost of everything goes up is just look at your budget and then think about states that you might be able to double dip in and what i mean is if there's a state where you're committed to buying a license um what else can you apply for? If you're looking for a deer tag, right? You're already committed to purchasing a license. Maybe you think about think about something down the road and build your strategy within the states that you're already applying. It, it's a lot better to think about it that way. Now, another way that I consider it the double dip is if I am able to get an over-the-counter or an easier draw tag in a place where I might be able to get a better hunt opportunity. So Idaho is a great example of this where you can buy an over-the-counter tag and then later on apply for deer, elk, or antelope. So you could pick up an over-the-counter deer tag and then you could go into the application process and if you draw that tag, you can exchange your general tag for that tag. There's a couple other states where you can do this. That's just one way to think about this is, okay, maybe we're already committing to buying a license. Maybe we've got an over-the-counter option here, somewhere like Colorado, where you're paying to apply. You've got your license. You didn't draw, but now here's another opportunity to pick up an elk tag. So you're investing your money, but you're spending that budget wisely and still having opportunities to go hunting. Number 10, as tags get harder and more difficult to get, looking at alternative options. And those might be away from the draw system, but maybe there's something like a guide draw in a certain state. Many states have special draws if you go through an outfitter. New Mexico is one of these where if you book a hunt with an outfitter, you know, you might look at it and go, well, that's more money. Yes, but in the long run, maybe you're able to get into a hunt for less than the application in five different states for seven years. So you really just have to kind of look at it and say, okay, what, what do I want to do? What's a way? And maybe looking around other options, native tags, where you've got a reservation that has certain tags. That's another thing to look into, landowner tags in certain places or landowner vouchers. There's a lot of other tags out there outside of the, the specific draw system. There's even tags that are like raffle tags, right? There's just a lot of other options outside of the individual state draws and many of them might in the long run be cheaper or have better odds than maybe just the state draw. I kind of look online a little bit and there's different organizations that have a raffle and when you look at the amount of money that it costs and the amount the odds like there's a lot of I'm going to the Wild Sheep Foundation convention in Reno this year and some of them are terrible odds but there are some drawings and other things that you can get into through organizations where the odds of winning that are actually better than drawing a sheep tag through a state lottery or through a state application and maybe in the long run cheaper so that's just something else to look at number 11 is just teaming up you know there's certain places where you can buddy up and if somebody has more points than you you might be able to get in and get into a hunt sooner and they might enjoy having somebody else hunt with them as well as maybe split some of the costs of travel and other things when I think about or just you know you never know like somebody might know an area better than you I I would love to team up with somebody if anybody has a resident Nevada deer points and wants to go on an archery hunt uh, you know maybe we can team up because I've got zero points you'd have to have a lot of points though maybe we could get a good unit uh, using this platform for the benefit of myself, I suppose. But anyways, that's just another option when you're looking at these applications. Number 12 is really know the rules of each state's application process. And what I mean by know the rules is if you're thinking about applying somewhere, how is this draw conducted? And what is the order of the draw? And what happens to my points? What happens if I draw and can't go on the hunt? Is there a refund policy? You know, really, when I look at 
where I apply and what I apply for. These are the things that if I've ignored them in the past have kind of bit me. So for example, (laughs) the state of Arizona did not have, it it does now, it's got this thing called, uh, what is it, point guard, where if you make a mistake or something, you can take your, you'll get your points back. I think you can use it one time and turn your tags back in and, and get your points. The year that this started, they started with deer and not elk. So I actually, I think I even did it for deer, but I didn't have it for elk. I applied myself and my buddy in the state of Arizona for elk tags. We both had points, uh, quite a few points. I put us in for a really good archery hunt that we had a very good chance of getting. It just depended on where everybody else was applying that year. So the tags come out. I look, I see we drew the tag, which I wasn't not expecting you know i waited 13 14 years and i was like sweet this is good i actually had more points than he did so i think we kind of split our points and uh it would have been a really good hunt i looked at the tag and realized it was a random unit that i'd never heard of and a cow tag somehow when i clicked the box i must have scrolled down with my mouse it randomly assigned a unit which happened to be a archery cow hunt in a unit that i've never heard of and the penalty essentially was, okay, I drew a cow tag, but you know, I did a little bit of research and it was like dates that I couldn't go. It was uh, not a very great unit for that. It was more of like a depredation type hunt. And we ended up losing our points and we had to pay for the tags. So it was a, it was a major hit for me at the time. It was like, it was a really bad deal. And, you know, I think if I had paid more attention of like, okay, this state at the time had no recourse for anything other than that, I probably should have double checked it better. You know, I just, I just kind of assumed everything was good. And and when I went back, I was like, whoa, what happened? And, you know, it's one of the things where I think it's really good in this application strategy to know each state, know the rules and the ones where it's steep consequences for mistakes, really double check those mistakes or something else, just something to think about. All right, now we're going to jump into what I'm just going to go kind of rapid fire in these questions that I get asked a lot is like, what is the best fill in the blank? Uh, One of the questions I get asked probably the most is what's the best state for elk? So our number 13 is going to be the best state for elk. And I, I said, I don't want to blow out spots, but I do want to talk about my thought process when it comes to this, because this is this podcast this week is just an overview of the application process and some of the things that just run through my head and the ways that the ways that I think about it help me obtain tags. So the best state for elk depends on what you're looking for, right? If you're say, I want a big elk, then I would say Nevada, Utah, and certain units in Montana are probably, well, in New Mexico and Arizona. <laughs> okay, they're all really good is what I'm getting at. So it depends on what you're looking for. I think that the best state to just get a tag in or or the easiest state to obtain a tag in in many ways would be Colorado. I think the second easiest state to obtain a tag in would probably be Wyoming and Idaho combined because the -the over-the-counter option in Idaho and then Wyoming preference point system in certain units can be – in the past has been predictable, but that's, it's getting away from that. And then I would also say Montana. Now I would say the sleeper spots would be Washington and Oregon, the places that people that live there kind of go somewhere else for, but I think that not as many people go into those States looking for. And then I think that the over the counter kind of options in Utah maybe get overlooked as well. So I would say that I'm not giving you an exact state. I didn't even answer the dang question, but the other thing that I would say for elk is the underserved tags, good tags in Arizona in bad times of year to hunt them. That's another thing to look for is like there's great units with off-season tags. So there's archery seasons in November. And you go, okay, well, you're still getting a tag. You're in a good unit. You have an opportunity. I think that those kind of tags are really good elk tags. So if I had to just pick one to answer that question, best state for elk, Hmm. Gosh, darn, this is tough. I don't know. I like New Mexico too. Oh man. Okay. This year I'm going to say New Mexico or Colorado, but it changes all the time. Number 15, we're going to go with best state for Western whitetail. 
that again, I think that if you're interested in whitetail where you can kind of spot and stock and have more open country, I don't even know if I would look at the West, but I'd look at the Midwest, the Kansas, South Dakota, Nebraska, North Dakota region. There's some great tags in there, some great hunting opportunity. Obviously, a lot of them are known, but I think that those are, for guys out West, that's a great place to go. Outside of that, I would say the Eastern part of Colorado, Eastern Montana, and Northern Idaho as my top picks for those. Number 16, pronghorn. The best place for pronghorn. I find Wyoming to be the best place to hunt pronghorn. I think that it's just got the most opportunity. You can find good bucks anywhere. There's a lot of units that maybe are easier to draw, but some of those units that are easy to draw are are filled with private, but you can get access for fairly cheap. And then I would say when it comes to pronghorn, my strategy is looking toward archery antelope because many states even if it's difficult to draw a tag for rifle might have nearly guaranteed tags for antelope obviously you gotta look into it i haven't i didn't you know look at every single state but you know places like colorado idaho wyoming montana well maybe not wyoming but montana idaho colorado i think even nebraska and maybe the dakotas Uh, don't quote me on the dakotas i don't know but just if you go archery it's a lot easier to get the tag. So there's a lot more opportunity if you're willing to change your weapon choice and maybe go have the opportunity to get out there because even pronghorn tags are getting more difficult. But you can have that tag in your pocket if you go find, say, hey, I'm going to go to this particular state. They've got pronghorn. And it looks like, man, it's nearly 100% still to draw a pronghorn tag. Number 17, we're going to talk about the best place for bear hunting spring bear hunting i would say if we're if we're talking spring bear hunting it's anywhere you can pick up an over-the-counter tag uh, montana and idaho are pretty top for that in my opinion but uh, i think the best place to hunt bears out west would be the state of california there's so many bears there there's big bears it's incredible bear hunting and it's outside of alaska i would say it's the the best bear hunting in the lower 48 in my opinion Number 18, the best place to hunt sheep. I think the best place to hunt sheep is anywhere you could get a tag. Well, there's over-the-counter, essentially, unlimited tags in the state of Montana. It's a very difficult hunt, but you've got a tag in your pocket. Outside of that, I think Nevada is the best place to apply for sheep because they've got three species of sheep. If you're already, well, as a non-resident, you can apply for two of the three species. You can apply for California bighorns. You can apply for desert bighorns. They give out more tags in any other state and if you're already paying for the license you can apply for a lot of other things so i think that that's the best value for your money now the best draw odds i would say come from idaho because you can only apply for one of the species so i think that between idaho nevada and montana those are the best in my opinion sheep hunting states outside of the option in alaska Number 19, the best state, if you're like, man, my dream is to go on a moose hunt. Alaska is obviously the best place. It's the only state that you can get an over-the-counter tag. And I think that if it's something you want to do, you should do it sooner rather than later. A lot of those kind of opportunities are going away just everywhere. So if a DIY moose hunt is something you've always wanted to do, Alaska and do it now and do it soon. Now, if you're looking at drawing maybe a, a moose tag in the, in the West, a Shiras moose tag, I think Idaho is your best chance at drawing a tag, but a lot of states have great moose. The populations are kind of in decline. So I think that one of the things you want to think about is like, if that's something you want to do, getting in, getting applying and applying as many places as you can, because it's still just always going to be one of those things that's very hard to draw. But out of all those states, Idaho is going to be my top pick for that. Number 20, I'm going to talk about the best way to increase your draws. And the best way to increase your draws is by picking a hunt that, let's say you found a unit that's a good unit, but it's just, it's hard to get. Looking for those ways of making that tag easier to draw would be picking maybe an off season within that that I've kind of already mentioned or changing up the weapon choice. So maybe there's a, a really good rut hunt that's a rifle hunt in a particular unit, but hey, that that same unit has an easy to draw archery tag that's in kind of a bad time of year. 
I think that that's the best way to get into a hunt and increase your odds of drawing is looking for units that are good units that have good potential, but maybe have a season that's harder dates to hunt or maybe a shorter season, or maybe it's got a different weapon choice. So you could say, hey, this is a really well-known rifle unit, but it looks like it's nearly 100% draw for archery. There's a lot of those units around with a little bit of research. You can find those places, and those are really good ways to get into a hunt and still find success because your, your chance of, if your chance of drawing is 1%, but you've got a tag in your pocket, even if your odds of success are 2%, that's better than your 1% draw odds in that better season time frame. I don't know if that math adds up. We need like a calculus master to listen to this podcast and tell me, but statistically in my brain, uh, I think that that's a better, that's a better way to go. All right. Number 21, the best tag out West, the best tag out West. If I could pick any tag, I think, man, I don't know what I would pick, but it would, it would have to be one of the statewide type raffle tags. Montana has the super tag. Idaho, I think they also call theirs the super tag. Wyoming has their their commissioner tags. Utah has, I don't know what Utah has. Nevada has their silver state tags or their PIW tags. Arizona has their 365 tags. I think probably the an Arizona 365 tag for desert sheep would be my top pick or a Montana super tag for elk or sheep. I think that those would probably be some of the best tags. And then, I don't know, if you if you asked me, I could have any tag in the West right now, what tag would I want? And I think I would ask for the Nevada Silver State sheep tag or the Nevada Silver State mule deer tag because I love hunting both of those, and I think that the opportunity would be there to, to harvest something really good. Those are the best tags out West, and they are on more of a raffle-type system where you can – buy a chance and you can get lucky. I've never drawn one, but I have guided multiple super tag winners and it's a pretty cool tag to have. And all of them are like, yeah, this is the first time I ever did it. And I just put in and it was five bucks and I got the best tag in the state. And it's a lot of fun to have that tag, I think. And it was a lot of fun to be a part of those hunts. So that's something to think about. Now, 22, the best over-the-counter tag I think that the best over-the-counter tag right now is any tag that you can get because if you can find one that you could get multiple years in a row, I've talked about this. I've addressed the importance of being able to hunt one place multiple times. Anywhere you can find that, I think, is a good tag. And I don't mean those don't exist very many places anymore, unfortunately. So there's some options in Utah that are pretty good, I think there's some options in Idaho, but you can't really get them every year anymore. So I kind of have to move away from that. Maybe say like, maybe there's some good options in California where you can still get two deer tags and you could pretty much do that every year. It's tough hunting, but once you start to figure something out, it gets really good. And then for elk, I'd say probably Colorado is going to be your best bet. Number 23, we're going to just bring it all back and say, what is, if I was to take one tip that was, what to look for when you are obtaining a tag to guarantee that you can go on a hunt this year. And I think that one tip is going to be going back to number one and having a good plan and strategy, really understanding this stuff. You know, I, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, I wanted more specifics. And I think that the best advice I can give you is you need to dive in and you probably need to do it through uh, you know, just this one podcast isn't going to do it for you, but I think that it's a good overview of the things that I'm looking for when it comes to these application strategies and the things that I'm thinking about. Because if you start to look at your home state, you start to look at other states, you start to build out the strategy of, okay, where can I get a tag? Where can I guarantee a tag? And how can I get out hunting? What are my goals? What am I looking for? If I really build out a good plan, I think that you're going to find success in finding those tags. So that in summation is the whole crux of this application season is going in just like you do a hunt where you've got a plan, you've got certain things you're looking for, and then you can get good at finding the things other people are overlooking. And over the years, I've if I told you where to apply, my strategy wouldn't work for anymore. And it's not that those particular places are 
the place to go is just the place that's maybe being overlooked. So finding those little pockets of overlooked information and then obtaining tags that way and then just jumping in and attempting to get a tag wherever you can. And I think a combination of all those things is how you become successful in this application season obtaining a tag. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. I know there's a lot of information, maybe a lot of repetitive information. I probably should have cut that list in half, but I think that it's fun to kind of get that overview and start thinking about where are we going to do, what are we going to hunt? Because if you're listening to this and you want to come out west and, and do these kind of hunts, you really have to be a planner for it now. It's not like it used to be where you can kind of just show up and see what happens. You really have to kind of play this game. As much as it sucks, you just got to play the game. And so I think that you know by, by understanding it a little bit more and diving into it and starting to look at it, you're just going to be more successful at obtaining those tags. And then you can send me those success photos because you, you can't go hunting without tag. And once you get that tag, that in many ways in the future, that might be the hardest part of the hunt. So I think that's good to talk about, especially this time of year. And like I mentioned, you know, I've talked about it before, but I think that the Go Hunt Insider is the best way, in my opinion, of just kind of being able to research a lot of things on your own. And it gives you that confidence of knowing like, okay, I can do this and I can look at all these states and it has a lot of information, has a lot of other things in there. But especially through the filtering and the draws, especially if you've got a couple points and you're starting to go like, where can I, as you build it out over the year, where can I really, you know, find these tags and, and build my strategy? And the way that I've got mine set up, it really helps me kind of focus in and, and find tags. Like I've found a lot more hunts and good hunts because of it, just by the ease of laying it out in a really easy to see way. So I know I've, I've talked about it before, but I just as a as a thing for our podcast listeners, you know, we've got our live wild code. So if you, if you decide you're like, hey, this is something that I want to get into, I want to invest in this strategy, and I need a, a program that helps me find these tags, this is your program. Uh, you can always use code LiveWild, and you'll get $75 in the gear store. So you, you get the Insider subscription, and then you get $75 in gear as well on top of that. So something to think about if you're interested in that. I just think that it's it's hard to talk about this stuff without talking about the tools that you use, and Go Hunt is the tool that I use. So I think that you'll find it very beneficial. And if you guys have questions on you know, application strategy or other things, Feel free to always shoot me a message on social media. I try to get to as many of them as possible. And this time of year is the best time for me to do that because I'm not out in the field as much. So, you know, if you guys got questions, I'd love to help you guys, you know, plan this out. And as always, feel free to call into our call-in, our live call-in shows. And we'll be doing a few live events at just a couple of the conventions here, Q&As. So if you're able to uh, attend the Wild Sheep Show or the Pope and Young Convention in Reno, I'll be doing a few live Q&As there. So there's lots of ways to get your questions answered. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. And until next week, go find that hunt. I like that. That's words to live by. Mm-hmm.